0: Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network.
1: Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So, if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D R I Z L Y.com today.
2: Ray Koob and Marcus Goldman here on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. Marcus, it's been so long since I've left the house, I feel like I need to take a trip, a journey.
0: You got your bags packed? This sounds like a journey that you
2: need your bags packed for. It would be, except for I'm not flying anywhere like until <laughs> I get vaccinated. And to- and our guest this week on the podcast is going to take us on a virtual journey to a place I've always wanted to visit, uh, Northern Africa and the Mediterranean.
0: We've been to parts of the Mediterranean before, but to see them from all of the different countries' viewpoints would be pretty incredible.
2: Well, I'd love to go back to Greece and I'd love to visit the rest of the Mediterranean, but for now, I think we're gonna have to suffice with this virtual journey provided by one Steve hackett one of the great progressive rock guitar players of all time
0: i'll tell you what you listen to his new album under a mediterranean sky with a pair of headphones you're gonna feel like you're lost somewhere in the mediterranean sea
2: and joining us here on the imbalanced history of rock and roll one of the true pioneers of progressive rock guitar a legend steve hackett oh my goodness i can't believe we're speaking nice to talk guys and it's the occasion of the release of your latest album under a mediterranean sky that gives us the opportunity and you can find it in all the the normal and abnormal places right where people can find music of uh, of an independent nature and your music too a lot of your music is out there digitally now i found
1: yeah a lot of it's out there digitally you can also get you know cds and and vinyl and colored vinyl and all sorts of stuff from uh, from my website. If you dial up um, hackitsongs.com, it points you to the web store and where to buy things and loads of stuff on the website. The entire history, my whole life, <laughs> on a on website. Well, well Marcus
2: have been, and I've been talking a lot about the pandemic, and during the pandemic, these kind of direct commerce setups are important to the artist. In the case of someone like yourself, who tours a lot and records regularly, it's the main source of whatever income there is right now, right?
1: uh Well, yeah, you know, there's there's that, and there's the book. We had our book out, and we had a live album out, and um, mm-hmm. I continue to work on rock stuff as well as the acoustic orchestral stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a a lot going on and, um, you know, England doesn't really have record stores anymore. You know, you you just cannot find them. So many things are considered to be luxury items. So you've got to get stuff online in some some form or another, whether you're ordering it off of um, Amazon or or you're getting it direct from the website. Right.
2: Because you take out the middleman and you guys uh, are set up to do a lot of that stuff yourselves. And I'm glad to see it so folks go to steve's website hackett and get under a mediterranean sky because it's just beautiful music man i've been a fan of yours forever marcus and i've been listening to it a lot in the last week or two it's just beautiful songscapes and you and you do such fine things in there
1: uh yeah well uh we were halfway through an american tour and uh everywhere closed down around us my wife joe and i we, we got the last flight back from philadelphia when we got back we had some downtime we had extra time to work on got a surround sound mix from Stephen Wilson on the live album mm. uh, finished off the book got to do a little more on that um, and then the idea of working on Under a Mediterranean Sky came in it was largely suggested by my wife she knew that I wanted to do an acoustic album we had an orchestra lined up and everything but we just couldn't work face to face with people so we had to do a lot of remote stuff uh, but it's come out really really well it's sort of landscape dis- descriptions of various places around the mediterranean so it's a kind of virtual journey for all of us you can't even go outside your front door at the moment without danger of, of um, killing yourself or someone else right and, um, i am personally going to get my vaccine tomorrow yes good that's me i, I get that so i'm a, it's my age bracket that gets mm-hmm. gets uh, vaccinated uh, tomorrow I'll let you know how it goes, guys. You know, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. Gradually, this thing is getting rolled out. Gradually, we will get back to work. So it
2: still feels gradual there, the way yeah. it feels uh, slowed here. Yes. So it's not just here where where it's not rolling out the way we all wanted to.
1: I think it's going even slower in Europe. It seems to be wow. going quite quite well in Britain because of the development of the AstraZeneca. Mm-hmm. one right. but then you know there's a whole bunch of others that have, have come up that are waiting to get um i gather you guys in the states have come up with something which uh, is supposed to be johnson and johnson i believe is supposed to have 100 uh let's hope that works for you guys and um and the rest of us i mean i'll, I'll basically take anything yeah at, at this point no it's like the 70s all over again Oh yes, yes, give me a pill. That's right. <laughs> hey, <a> <laughs> but no lightning
0: in the eyeball, you know. Yeah. I was actually reading about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine today and they said the first dose is pulling about sixty two percent efficacy and they're saying though that it's doing well against with the uh British strain, the South African strain, and yeah. they're hoping yeah. that oh, it shows God. positive results with the uh, Brazilian strain as well. So who knows, yeah. but they've shown good success with one dose. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, you know, then we can get back to normal living, of course, which is up uh, to yes. effect, and we can start traveling, and mm. um, the airline industry taking such a oh, hit, of course, you hit. know, all that. It's uh, what it, what industry isn't at this point in time. No music goes on the songs go on playing goes on i i, I play a lot every day both mm-hmm. acoustic and electric it's it's great to be doing that so it's been a very productive time for some of us over mm-hmm. here uh those who are, who are able to it's been interesting it, it it hasn't been boring this this lockdown for us it's just been uh, there's been a lot more music kind of a, a bit of a of a research facility going on, because you have more time. We're not distracted by gigs, much as I love doing gigs, shows. It's a different emphasis, so... um,
0: Go ahead, Mark. Do you think it'll be 2022 before you realistically get back out on the road?
1: Well, I'm hoping to get back on the road uh, uh, this year. Uh, There are things that have been booked, there are things that have been rescheduled. Uh, I'm basically saying, you know, when the world is open for business, we're open for business, so um, uh, nobody really knows with complete Mm -hmm. conviction uh, you can talk to the doomsday kind of
0: um, <laughs>
1: predictions. You know what I mean? The doom yes. rock predictions. They are. <laughs> oh, it's never going to be the same <laughs> game. We're all going to die. But I prefer to think that we'll get out there pretty soon. You know
2: well i think a lot of people need to steve and it sounds like you and joe uh have a lot of uh, good plans in place uh uh, i mean i wouldn't have thought to go home after locking down in the pandemic and putting together a, a virtual fantasy trip to northern africa to explore but there you are and that's the way that's the difference between the everyday person and the walking through the world and a musician who finds inspiration in different ways from different places. Uh, having listened to the album, I'm even more blown away by it, especially songs like Scirocco about the winds that blow off the yeah. northern end of Africa into yeah. warming the Mediterranean, basically. And sure. I could feel it, right, Marcus? We were talking about it. I could feel the song. Oh, yeah. I could feel the wind and the warmth.
1: If there's a favorite track of the album, that's probably it. We had a trip to to Egypt and we 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 drove from one end to the other. We went from Cairo to Aswan and we came back along the Nile which is so beautiful and unspoiled. It's it's quite quite lovely and you stop at various places and see the sights and it stays with you forever. I mean, one of our tour guides, we turned up at this amazing temple, and he said, how long do you need? About half an hour. I said, a lifetime would be too short. <laughs> so to look yeah. uh, but, I, but I had my notepad out the whole time when we were in Egypt. Um, it's just amazing. The, the, desert, the desert is amazing. We've been to Jordan, we've been to Petra, Uh, We visited so many places, uh, Morocco, other parts of of Jordan, Wadi Rum, where the Bedouin are, and um, Mm. Lawrence of Arabia had a house there, and we saw the ruins of that. It's extraordinary, so so we stayed with the Bedouin people. That was just wonderful, and of course, the memories of that and and the way that that translates into music is is my way of of, um, doing what my dad did. He painted tons of paintings, very good landscape painter, amongst other things. So my my version of doing that is with music, a kind of soundtrack to that or to those those journeys. And, you know, we've had our Indiana Jones experiences,
2: but
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and you know, it's it's much better to to be there in person. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it was um, amazing. The, the Mediterranean is an extraordinary place, uh, and we tried to characterise each track so that it belonged to a certain region. So we have a Spanish sounding track, Andalusia, which is Andalusian heart, right. uh, place where the gypsies are. I've seen them playing in the caves. And I was learning some moves off them on the guitar. <laughs> wow. Not That's the dancing, that'll follow another lifetime. Just uh, just amazing, uh, amazing. It's, it's the home of, of the guitar, of the hot flamenco guitar it's, it's gorgeous that bridge so we moved on we, we did something that was more Greek inspired and, and Turkish we did uh, The Memory of Myth which my wife Jo wrote the, uh, the melody for on um, the one that st- kicks off with with unaccompanied violin and it's a lovely lovely melody that Roger King orchestrated for us so I did some improvisation on that and Roger kicked in with an orchestration of Joe's melody with the incredible harmonies that, that wow. went with it it's very beautiful sounding there's a turkish track which had a couple of guys on one from azerbaijan and one from armenia now those two countries were at war with each other as i was putting this thing together Uh, but you know art does something and music does something that politicians fail to do or are unwilling to do you know music brings people together and so i'm i'm proud of that you know we had the duduk from armenia we had the tar from azerbaijan and it's all on that turkish track which is the um, the dervish in the gin. We'd seen whirling dervishes when we were in Egypt a couple of times and it's amazing. That's amazing to watch. It's the most amazing dancing you can possibly see.
2: You know, I was going to ask you about your approach to going local, but you just told me everything about how you get down with the people and travel in. And It seems like you get the most out of taking trips and really getting down to the root of the place, and not just doing the tourist stuff. And it's yeah. amazing that you get to do that, man. Certain things
1: happened. I, I picked up instruments along the way. Uh, we exactly. had the, Ara- the Arabian oud, the fretless lute. I can play it after a fashion, but it's it's, it's very difficult to tune. And um uh, so I, I I I play a little bit of that. It, it's a, it's a subtly different sound from the guitar, but it's another stringed instrument. And then there's the um, there's a Peruvian instrument called the charango. Uh, which I was given by, by friends in, in when I was visiting Peru, I think for the first time, and uh, that was extraordinary. Um, and it sounds a little bit like a mandolin if you play it in a certain way, or a bit like a bazooki, so we used it on mm. the Greek track. Oh, wow. Yeah, a great sounding instrument. You hear it on the beginning of, I'll tell you what track, Simon Garfunkel, um, the El Condor Paso. Okay. Oh yes! That, you know the beginning of that, which sounds yeah. very much like the sound of rainforests and sort of shimmering thing. Okay. You can play it in that style or single notes, which, uh, which I did with a with a plectrum. Most of the time, I use the nails. There's the nails, very short. <laughs> I will it's attest to the fact that they're pretty short sure for a guy uses yeah. the nails. Scratch your eyes out with these. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: my, my thumbnail's
2: a little bit bigger. Uh, oh yeah, I see. Oh, I see. Wow! Oh God, yeah. The pinky. Is that, is that for the? Is that for the flamenco strum?
1: Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs>
2: Steve, you're just an amazing source of uh, understanding and knowledge about stuff and music. I'm just enjoying listening to just how you were you tell your tale of, of going to Egypt and all the places that that trip took you to. The album conveys that, that feeling that you're giving to us. That's why I found it to be so captivating. On first listen, I'm, I'm listening through the songs, all of them. They just, oh, Medina is a beautiful song, but it feels like a Steve Hackett song. It's, it feels like you, even though it's in all that you play in all these different forms. And, and I, I noticed that you seem to be able to switch between them, to switch between the cl- more classical feel and the rock stuff and the instrumental and the vocal stuff. You you just kind of, through your career over the last several years, you've just kind of move where it feels right. Is, is that a
1: fair assessment? A couple of fans said to me, they thought I was a bit like a character actor. Years ago, someone said, you're a bit like Gene Hackman, you know, um, showing up in different roles. They, they said, oh, you know, you know the film's going to be good, but you don't know how good it's going to be. And uh, I thought that was a very nice thing for people to say, you know, in terms of, you know, future albums. And... Um, Other people said that it was a kind of pan-genre approach going across all the styles. So over time, things started to change. I started to do occasional acoustic tracks while I was still with Genesis, and there was Mm -hmm. a big emphasis on acoustic guitar stuff, Uh, whether that was 12-string or 6-string steel. That was part of what we did. We mixed electric stuff and... um, and acoustic stuff. And um, uh, Anthony Phillips and Mike Rutherford, they were largely responsible for that. And and Tony played 12 string as well. So, you know, we we had this kind of combined chiming thing that you couldn't really tell if it was 12 strings or or harpsichords. Um, It was part of the sound of of that early band, but I've always, had this thing about um, acoustic guitar, and I, I started orientating towards the nylon guitar. And so, when we were doing Glamourous Down on Broadway, um, recording it in 1974, I went and bought a nylon guitar that I still have to this day that I've recorded on this on this album. And uh, I bought it because it was the loudest guitar in the shop it sounded more like mm. a piano than a nylon guitar so this mm. thing's got great projection huge depth and uh, it was a, a japanese guitar a yairi uh, i i tune it in strange ways on this album i've got my sort of what i'm calling my hemingway tuning which is um you know the uh, death in the afternoon tuning and the one that where mm. whatever you play on it sounds spanish all those dissonant chords so you can play regular shapes but they'll come out in a very dissonant kind of kind of way so um Mm. it opens up a lot of possibilities and the tuning is for people who are interested in this you take the two bass strings down a tone and the b string you can either leave it where it is for for a g major or if you take it down a semitone your second string then you have got this extraordinary tuning that as far as i know no one else uses but it's a little bit g minor it's very good for arabic stuff it can be great for russian sounding stuff and it can also be great for jazz chords so here we come with those flattened 13ths and all that
2: <laughs> <laughs> man you know steve can you see all everything you're saying i love it but you know everything yeah. you're saying is gone i know there's people who are <laughs> yeah. out there listening going and it's gone right over my head because this is the stuff that i could never grasp that you guys just get and it, that's what blows my mind and, and it makes me well, i guess respect musicians more don't you think marcus because of what you guys do
1: we keep it coming I, I guess you know i was self-taught and i and i just think i don't have a lot of musical theory it's it's all practice really i decided to make my own mistakes and make my own discoveries on the guitar which meant that i came up with tapping in 71 with genesis on the on that first album i did with them with phil collins which was nursery crime so you can hear it
0: mm-hmm. on um,
1: on several tracks on that um that was great fun to do but there's there's a lot more techniques and just because it's acoustic guitar these days there's a lot of techniques you can do with with the nylon guitar that make that pretty much unrecognizable as an acoustic instrument you know um There's a lot of stuff you can do, and I'm just scratching the surface of it. Even now, I think there's so much more you can do beyond the classical, beyond the flamenco.
2: Such an interesting cat. And when we come back, we will go beyond flamenco. But first, we must
0: pull into port, refill with a pint from Crooked Eye.
2: There's always a lot going on at Crooked Eye Brewery right there in the heart of Hapbro, York and Montgomery. A great place to go and get the finest brews... In the Philadelphia area, right, Marcus?
0: Yes, they are. And if you like a dark beer, this is the season for something like their Black Eyed Stout. Fantastic. My favorite of all their beers, even though I've tried many of them.
2: Go right into the brew pub right there in the heart of Hapro and see what's on the board. Take a taste of the stout or anything else and uh, take some home with you, even if you're staying for a pint. And the entertainment's coming back, too. Tony Washington and the Tuesday Night Blues Jam has been starting to happen again. A lot more more things happening in real time live in the pub and also sent out via the, uh, the Facebook page for Crooked Eye Brewery. Live entertainment returning to Crooked Eye as we get closer and closer to full normal resume at some point. And whatever's going on with that, you can find out on their social media, especially on Facebook, Crooked Eye Brewery. A great place, a neighborhood joint, so to speak. Hepro, you're so lucky because you can just take a walk over anytime and grab a pint of Crooked Eye. I'm jealous. I gotta drive. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And if you mention the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll, you get a free 10-ouncer. It's like
2: a big taster. Hello, may I please have my free 10-ouncer because I listen to the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. And we thank Crooked Eye Brewery for their support. So much more exploring with Steve Hackett. He was in Genesis a long time ago, but he's still Steve Hackett of Genesis, right? I mean, he was on all those Mm -hmm. important records. Yeah. And he's talking about that a little bit in the interview. But here to start the second part of our episode, Steve tells us how a song gets its start.
1: Uh, you just got to sort of experiment. I mean, all music is a shot in the dark. You know, if everyone thinks I'm I'm this big expert, well, all of it starts with a doodle. Nobody knows if a song is going to come off or not you've got to start with that doodle and you expand on it if you're lucky it will lead you into a glorious place other other times i'd say you know just tear it up and start again if that's <laughs> what it needs you've got to admit when you're wrong and i think the devil is in the details. so so much of music is, is is salvage jobs you know you're working on something and it's really not happening and then by the addition of or subtraction of detail you can turn it into something wonderful unlike life where you get one shot mm. at it
0: song you can always re record. <laughs> Very true. You've been working with Roger King since I think about two thousand nine, out of the tunnel's mouth. How did your professional relationship begin?
1: Well, it goes back um earlier than that. You know, we were we sort of hooked up in in, in the early nineteen nineties and um started, you know, doing some um stuff together. He plays keyboards with my band he did film music he was trained as a cathedral organist church organist cathedral stuff so he's a big fan of Bach and, and, and many others he worked on, on a number of Hollywood epics such as uh, Cliffhanger and uh, In the Name of the Father oh wow and, oh, yeah yeah and uh but I think in re- recent years it, it's been rock for him but he's got this he's old school in that he writes music and arranges and um uh, He's a great engineer. It could be very hard to um, to get him excited. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen him get excited about anything or anybody, ever, apart, oh, from, oh, a gla- oh, apart from a glass of Guinness. <laughs> you
2: know, that well, that's life. You know,
1: <laughs> and, 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 Mother's and, milk. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, we've just done the most amazing thing, and, and the most he will say is, "I don't mind that." You never imagine he's got to jump for joy because he doesn't. Since, uh, <laughs> I sometimes think he might—he might prefer to be raising cats in Newcastle or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the kind. So,
2: i did want to ask you. He made, uh, he brought up Roger, but I wanted to ask you about uh, how you connected with Michael Ackerfelt of Opeth, who might not be a natural to you know for for you to find your way towards.
1: Well, you know, we were doing the second Genesis Revisited album. Uh huh. I was being ca- encouraged two separate directions by separate aspects of a record company and you know one of the guys was saying i think you should do the tracks where the guitar takes the biggest role in it another side of it was saying you should do the most iconic tracks where the guitar is a big part of it or not so what started out as a single album ended up being a double Uh, people were always saying you know the difficulty for anyone singing any Genesis songs is that they're either going to be compared to Peter Gabriel, or they're going to be compared to Phil Collins. Right. We thought when well, we did this, well, let's have safety in numbers and have lots of singers on these tracks. So for a re-recording of Supper's Ready, for instance, which is nearly half an hour long, we've got five different singers straight off. I actually hadn't met Michael at that point, but he, he worked remotely for us and of course another swedish guy who was on the album nad Silvan, who sings with our band live this, I, th- I think the swedes are taking over the world of progressives you know but <laughs> now i've got jonas reingold on on bass who's um uh, incredible swedish but now lives in austria uh, and of course i've worked with with Reiner stolt from time to time and Royna is a great guitarist of course and band leader with the flower kings uh, extraordinary stuff The Swedes, you know, seem to um, inhabit the world of progressive stuff. You know, they are they are great musicians, but I think they're very driven, very driven. Maybe it's cold climates. You know, people don't get out much.
0: Now, you've played with so many incredible musicians in your long career. Are there any musicians you still want to play with down
1: the line? Well, you know, there's always plans afoot. Um, I'm discovering people all the time. I mean, I've just been working with a, with a, 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 an instrument called the Dutar, played by a guy from Tajikistan. What an incredible sounding instrument that is. There's a lot of, it's very percussive. We do lots of right-hand moves that sound unbelievable. I mean, some of the women who play that are, are, are incredible as well. You know, that's off the beaten track. I've been working with a Vietnamese instrument as well. I've been playing it myself. Something the Vietnamese called the Dain Shine. When it's spelt, it looks nothing like that. It looks like a Dan Tranth or something. And um, I realized years ago, I was sold this thing as a Cantonese koto in this shop. It seems that the guy who sold it to me um, sold me a bum steer, although it sounded great. I decided to buy a new one years and years, decades later. And this instrument sounds absolutely beautiful. We've done it, different tunings. So there's a Vietnamese influence. It's wow. like this little oriental harp. Cool. Gorgeous sound, very, very beautiful. Been also working with some American drummers as well recently. Lovely to hook up again with Phil Earhart of Kansas. Working great with guy. Him. Yes, and also uh, there are there are there are more there are more to come. You know, there's there's the English contingent with Craig Blundell and Nick De Virgilio in the States, of course. Brilliant drummer. Yeah, spoilt for wow. talent, really. There, it's uh, it's been great working with these extraordinary characters and and still you know i'm working on rock stuff it's, it's not ready yet but it's nice to be baking the cake okay. it
2: seems to feel like almost like there's a dam and and everybody's got material and intent and places to play and go and things to do and fest everybody's got it all sitting there and it's all being walled up and held back what kind of a release do you expect once things get rolling in the twenty-one, twenty-two, and everybody's out again some have predicted a return of the 1920s the roaring 20s so to speak some kind of a response to all this ironically yeah. right after the last pandemic of this nature what do you think about all that
1: well you know it could be like the 60s all over again free love in the streets <laughs> I'm ready. I'm
2: ready. i just missed it the first time, Steve. I'm ready.
1: Yeah. I, I, with animals. I mean, whatever. <laughs> no. I mean, okay. Why should the camels have all the fun? Right. So, I mean, it'll be great to, to get out there. We can we can have a wonderful time. been very lucky with this album that has gone into the charts in, in the UK. Went in at number five. Went to number
2: congratulations, seven congratulations
1: congratulations and, and i heard today that it that it also went into uh, the german charts at number 14. Oh, so nice. for me I, I have to describe this album as a cinderella album i didn't do it in order to have a hit i did it because i love this kind of music so um the virtual journey seems to work for some people it has a, a gorgeous album cover um, I have to say, um, and uh, a lot of people have responded to that because it, it's an overlook. balustrades, the Mediterranean Sea and the sky, and it's the place you want to be right now. Rather than oh, yeah. With, uh, oh
0: yeah! You want
1: to be there with a, with a cool a cool drink, it kind of calls you on. The Call of the Sea is one of the tracks on, on the album, but you know, under a Mediterranean sky. A lot of this was suggested by my wife who said, you know, you can make this acoustic album much more exotic, and more cinematic and Take people on a journey because people need that right now, uh, and you can afford to take chances because let's face it, we're in downtime, we're in lockdown, all of that. But it's a, it's a great time to experiment, of course. When we get out there, it'll all be letting it all hang out, of course. We're, we're all gonna get we're all stir crazy at the moment, of course, everyone. Uh, but those lucky enough to work creatively, it's a great time to write that film script, write that book, paint that picture, do that song. You know, your studio can be just the size of a, of a computer these days or, or your iPhone. You know, it's it's um, everyone has got that at their fingertips, whereas at one time you used to have to go in and it was dependent on big spaces with big manpower mm-hmm. in order to get big yep. noises. We don't need that, that anymore. Things can be miniaturized. Uh, you can get great guitar sounds with amp simulation, even if you're not using the big, you know, Marshall cranked up, uh, terrorizing the neighbors in the bathroom. Uh, uh, So, uh, no, I mean sometimes I record screaming guitar, but it's at a level you can comfortably hold a conversation over. And uh, the miniaturization of that is, um, I guess, it's a bit. But it's weird sitting around watching people recording. Sometimes it can be so slow; it's about as exciting as watching paint dry. At at times, you know, someone's changing something with a little increment, and it's like.
2: Testing again, check it again. Yeah, uh, smidge. Check it again.
1: What can you do? Yeah, that's right. And and because you can use as many tracks as you want in the digital realm, we sometimes find that we're working in excess of two hundred tracks on any one particular song. (sighs) We've nearly gotten up to three hundred. Sometimes you know we've got an orchestra here and another lot here and a rock band here and a a brass thing here. That's crazy. um, Sometimes it gets really out of hand. The things that can take up a lot of tracks when you get into serious harmon- harmony vocals can eat a lot of time so if you want to do a quick album do instrumental, instrumental. <laughs> yeah Stay away from vocals. Uh, unless you're roy albison of course yeah. and then you can do it yeah what the rest of us dream about you
2: know true well i gotta say it's a joy to speak with you steve you know sure. one of the one of the first star moments i had uh, when I first got in the radio in the eighties was when I was working at WMMR and you mentioned Philadelphia and you and the Jojo flew home, uh, from Philadelphia to, to lockdown. Yeah. Uh, we love you here. And I've always marveled at your ability. You haven't had like what you would call uh, a big AOR uh, track but yet every radio station in town promotes your show every time you come to town i always uh, want to con- compliment you on that and marvel at that but when i was a kid one of the first times i met anybody that i really really admired was meeting you and steve howe when you guys were doing the gtr album you came in the wmmr and you were on with john DeBella, and you gave me my first cd somewhere in the wall upstairs signed by you and steve it's uh but thank you for that and and thank you for decades of musical enjoyment of all
1: varieties, it's just been well, so lovely to be a fan. Well, thank you very much. It's very nice to talk to you guys. Um, now, unfortunately, uh, I have to do a, a Greek interview because I, I want to talk to you guys all night because it sounds like fun. You're making me feel like I'm back in the USA. Well,
0: <laughs> we want you back in the USA come on, to come play. We, we need yeah, live I, music.
1: I want to. The we Scottish need Right music. Theater yeah. needs you. Oh, God, I love that theatre. They love you there. I I love it. We have to get back there because it's it's such a homecoming. It's always felt so wonderful. There's something about that place. They say it's haunted, but it must be a very friendly ghost Mm because it just feels wonderful every time. The place acts like an amplifier. There are some gigs where it just sounds so live. Yeah, it's it's always a great pleasure to play that.
2: Well, before you go, I just want to say that this album, this new album, uh, a couple of years ago, my last big trip before we got into lockdown was a trip yeah. to Greece. And we, yeah. uh, we, got, we had a wonderful trip and stay there. And so the music is bringing a lot of that back for me these last few days. So thank you for that. Thank you, and uh, thank you for for coming on with us, Marcus. One last
0: little statement. I was listening to your album this morning while I was prepping some questions, and the Dervish and the Gin came on. I was listening to it. My son looked at me; he's five years old almost, and said, "Daddy, what is this song about?" And so I looked at him and I said, "What does this song sound like to you?" And he looked at me and said, "Monsters." <laughs>
1: ah. Well, the der- dervish dances are from the Sufi tradition originally, and they spin and spin. And I've seen them doing, and and you couldn't try this at home, folks, because you would just fall over. So they train for this, and as they dance and whirl round, they transform, and um, there's something that happens with the clothes that they wear, and things come out and, and spin. In fact, on the website, there's a um, there's a loop of a little tiny bit. of of that but um that same guy at one point they turn off the lights and he's lit up like a whirling christmas tree And um, it's extraordinary stuff as i say they they transform and it's supposed to be a a spiritual thing and it goes really well with music so the music gets faster and faster on that one so i can i can see why how it would to a five-year-old it might seem very strange because it's it starts in a spooky way with the duduk and then the rhythm starts yeah. up and it gets bigger and bigger and faster yeah. and faster. So, uh, yeah, it's really a sort of Turkish, a Turkish feeling on that one. Yeah. Um, and-, and I play electric guitar on it, but it's electric, which is not plugged in. So it's still acoustic. I'm just using the sound, the percussion of, of the strings, doing it in the kind of, uh, with some of those flamenco moves to make it sound, uh, you know, driven. Then as an acoustic steel comes out, there's a bit of oud on it. There's some strings, um, uh, and then soprano sax from um, Rob Townsend right at the end, which mm, takes yeah. it into overdrive after the tar and all that yeah. that stuff going. So, um, yeah, that one's um, kind of soundtracky. It's
0: exciting. It's an exciting song. And then when I told him what a gin was, he was like, oh. <laughs> it's a genie. Yeah, yes, the, the genie. The so the gin the is what they're called it, too. yeah.
1: DJ I-double-N, yeah, as opposed to the gin that you drink. So The dervish. Is is the dancer the gin is the genie so yep. it's uh, again I think it was my, my wife came up with that title. It's a beautiful uh, she, song. In fact, in fact, she said you could do something like this, you know. So the world, the world music aspect was largely uh, encouraged by her, shall we say? And um, I think it's broadened the album. So you've got an acoustic album that strays into these more exotic areas sometimes with known or lesser known instruments
2: we did a an episode about danny garcia's movie about brian jones how much of an influence was he on a young steve hackett to explore the international sounds that are now part of your everyday
1: just as, as a quick one here i uh, uh brian jones i think it was the first time i ever heard a guitar sounding right and it was his his slide guitar on I Wanna Be Your Man, you know? I wanna be your man. I wanna be your man. I
0: wanna be your man. I wanna be your man.
1: And that sound was the first time I really heard a guitar rip for me. Now I know the blues men in the States were doing this beforehand and that was his influence, Muddy Waters hubert sumlin mm. these are uh, extraordinary guys and um slide guitar was a really very beautiful thing but then uh brian although i never met him i passed him in the street once or twice because he used to live locally when i was still just a kid he was a multi-instrumentalist of course played a whole ton of things and i absolutely love paint it black mm-hmm. i just heard the other day that um bill wyman played bass pedals on that i had no idea he played bass pedals on that would you we're always learning man we are always learning learning. but that sounds like it's got a hell of a percussion section on it Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah,
1: and all of that and i know that he wanted to work brian wanted to work with moroccan musicians Mm -hmm. he had that lined up that was going to be his next thing so i think he was going to um head into world music who knows what would have come from that but i think he was an inspiration and i think that the stones were very interesting when he was when he was part of them
2: Hackett, our guest here on The Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. You're getting, I see someone waving to you like you've got to go talk to yeah. the Greeks. Okay. Uh, so we won't hold you, man. Nice. Thank you for your time and thanks for coming yeah, on the podcast. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for, it's been great fun. Thank it's you, guys. a lot of fun. All thank you. You're Take care, Steve. You're coming to the States. Yep. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Happy trails, everybody. You too,
0: Steve. So thanks again.
1: Wow, dude.
2: I, I've always admired his work, but to have Steve Hackett on the podcast, whew. I'm tingly
0: man (laughs) I know it was so much fun talking to him About not only his experiences traveling But his musical history And his love for learning new string instruments Which we found is a huge passion of his
2: Listen as a guy who has an acoustic And I'm a plunker To hear him talking about all these different exotic instruments And learning about these things And how they make sounds uh, Pretty cool and for him to share and let us inside the process of making his latest album under a Mediterranean sky, also pretty cool. Not only was it
0: fun listening to his album, it was a blast talking to him and learning yeah. from him. Just hearing about his travels mixed in with learning about new musical styles was just fascinating. Got
2: to thank Hadley Wolf from from Chipster PR for setting up the chat with Steve. Done remotely as everything has been done lately. And uh, we thank Hadley for setting that up. Another fine interview here on The Imbalance History. Well, it's time to go, brother. Um, As always, it's a pleasure to spend time with you. And when we have a guest, it seems to take us both to another level. I kind of elevated there in the middle of this episode. So until the next time we gather, I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus Goldman. And we present... The Imbalance History of
0: Rock and Roll.